1: Badger fans and welcome to another edition of Bucky's 5th Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show we've got our Las Vegas Bowl preview. Yes, it's just a couple days away. Wisconsin will take on Arizona State. I believe that the game starts a late 1 at 9.30 on ESPN, but should be a lot of fun. We'll dive into everything from that matchup. Matt and I will do our normal game preview and then in the back half of the show, We've got Jack Johnson from House of Sparky, SB Nation's Arizona State site on. He gave us a good overview of Arizona State's program as a whole, how this season went, expectations. Talked a lot about the status report, because we'll get into that in a little bit. But Arizona State has quite a few guys out in this contest. But we'll get into everything from um, what should be a fun matchup in Vegas. Matt, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Yeah, no, it's it's nice to get back
2: in the swing of things for a, a, an actual game to prepare for and preview um, last one of the year, but this is a, a big one for the Badgers, and hopefully it can give them some momentum going
1: into the off season. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I know bowl season has kind of been a, a tough, tough start with all these cancellations, and I know there's probably likely going to be more along the way, but thankfully right now it looks like Wisconsin and Arizona State are in good shape, some knock on wood that stays that way, because I know there's a lot of other games that are you know, being canceled, disrupted, moved around, um, and then this is, we're really getting into the bulk of bowl season starting today. Um, I think there's four or five games today, tomorrow, and then, and then into Thursday and into New Year's Day, so hopefully everything else can keep going clean. Before we talk about that, though, we've got a little bit of news to touch on, some football news. Actually, on Monday afternoon, Wisconsin received word that former Arkansas kickoff specialist Vito Calvaruso will be transferring to Madison for the 2022 and season. Um, he's been with Arkansas for the past few weeks or few weeks, few seasons, um, kind of their kickoff specialist, which I know when you look at it, you know, in terms of field goals, maybe not the guy that's going to be out there and knocking them through, but kickoff specialist is kind of a key position. And we've seen Wisconsin kind of struggle in that department of late. So, you Make what you want out of this, you know, um, pickup. But I, I think this is something if he can come in and, and kick it through the end zone and get Wisconsin touchbacks consistently, it, it's good bad for the battery where they've not necessarily had that over the last couple of years. Yeah, you look at it. I mean, eighty-five touch,
2: percent touchback percentage—that's you know really impressive. Sixty-three of his seventy four kickoffs went into the end zone. So that's that's one of the best in the entire FBS, which I think is is great for Wisconsin. You saw that they struggled with that at times last year. Um uh, you, you look at you can look directly back to that Notre Dame game as a reason that having somebody who can boot it through the end zone uh absolutely can tilt a game in your favor. So I think this is a really good get, especially when you look at the fact that he's got three years of eligibility left. Um, as well if he takes advantage of the COVID year. So he's a talented kid, a big kid who can kick it. Um, And I would imagine the fact that he's leaving Arkansas to take on a similar role at the Badgers, now that Colin Larsh has announced that he was coming back, um, the Badgers probably gave him at least an indication that, hey, you're going to have a chance to compete for the the field goal job as well, Um, or at the very least, once Colin Larsh uses up his, his final year of eligibility that, hey, you're going to be, um, having a good chance here to be the guy. So I, I think this is a win-win for the Badgers. It's a scholarship, which I think, uh, using a scholarship on a specialist, it seems to be more and more commonplace here. Wisconsin is one of the, the teams that usually is a little bit more reluctant to do it, uh, until they get a couple years in the program. But I, I think this is a player that they obviously saw a need. They saw, hey, this, this guy can really boot it and, Having that touchback percentage is is vital if you're a def- have a defense that's really good and, and an offense that's going to try to play ball control. Being able to do those subtle things can really uh, help
1: you out in in a game where field position is so important. Absolutely, it makes a huge difference. You talk about a, a team that you know sometimes struggles to move the ball at, and and you want to prevent. Um, any team from getting opportunity to score, and that's one less play you've got to worry about if it kicks through the end zone. And, you know, with this state and uh, the state of special teams, both with the Wisconsin Badgers and uh, the state's respective pro team and the Green Bay Packers, making sure the special teams is tight-knit as can be is always a good thing. All right, next piece of news, we've got uh, Wisconsin's women's basketball game is canceled for Thursday. They were supposed to take on Purdue due to COVID within the program. Uh, as of now, Wisconsin's men's basketball game for Wednesday against Illinois State is still on. Of course, that can change pretty rapidly. We saw last week George Mason's game was still on and unfortunately ended up being canceled. So we'll see what actually gets tipped. I know it's kind of been a, a weird couple weeks here with um, you know the holidays, and Wisconsin generally already has less games scheduled in that time frame, but also now with some COVID cancellations. It's been a pretty significant gap between games, but of course, if the men's team does uh, end up tipping off on Wednesday night, we will cover that and recap it on our Friday show, but um, certainly uh, unfortunate news for the women's program. I know they're, just, they're starting to get going and wanting to get into uh, conference play now, so to be off on a, a tough foot there with the cancellation is, is certainly a bummer. Yeah, for sure, and, and hopefully the men's
2: team will be able to go against Illinois State. I think... You look at it right now, they're sitting at 13 days since their last contest. Um, by the time that they would be tipping off, you're looking at 14 days. So a full two weeks between it. We saw some, some different players go to social media. I know Warren Bowman shared out that he had COVID. Um, so hopefully the team can, can get back to health. I know the CDC just kind of turned around the um, amount of time that you need to be out. So. Hopefully, Wisconsin's in a, in a better place and is able to go against Illinois State. I think it would be nice to get that game in before the new year uh, kicks, kicks through. And so I'm hopeful that Wisconsin will be playing uh, at the Kohl Center on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, I, I think that'd be a great sight to see after what's been a long two weeks of, of, you know, downtime for this program. It'd be nice to see them get back on the court and get back in action. So fingers crossed that everyone stays healthy and uh, is able to do so. All right, guys, we'll go ahead. Let's get into the Arizona State-Wisconsin matchup in the Las Vegas Bowl. So we'll start. Let's kind of just talk about, well, we'll go through kind of a status report here in a minute because I think that's a big storyline coming into this game is, of course, there's a lot of opt-outs. Wisconsin has some players and coaches that did not travel or have not traveled yet. Um, so, actually, we'll do that, and then we'll get into our general feelings. So let's go through kind of who is in and who is out. Matt, if you want to give kind of just kind of a rundown to the listeners, of, what's kind of going on with Wisconsin, which guys are here, which guys are traveling later. And um, then I can kind of go through some of the Arizona state sides and some of the guys that are uh, not participating in this contest.
2: Yeah. Both teams are going to be missing some, some key cogs here. Um, I think when you look at Wisconsin, they've got a a couple guys, Jack Eschenbach tight end, that's injury related. He's not going to be going. Um, John Chanel starting fullback, not going. Um, That's, that seems to be they haven't fully come out and said that it's COVID-related, but I would assume that that, was, that is COVID-related um, based off the fact that they haven't shared out that it's not COVID-related. Um, Matt Henningsen is is supposed to end up coming to the bowl game potentially. He's not there now, but but by um, kickoff he's supposed to be there. Uh, and then you've got some other injury-related um, things. Logan Brust, Joe Titman, both um, not – Going at least in practice, according to to those there. Um, I, I know Zach Howprint had said that Tanner Bordolini and Cormac Sampson kind of working in their spots. Tanner Bordolini at right tackle, he's he's gotten some starts there um, to to spell Brust, and, and then Cormac Sampson, another guy who's played some center, been filling in for Joe Tittman. Uh The the kind of interesting thing was uh, Gary Brown, running backs coach, not there um, health related. He previously had cancer. Jeff has said that it isn't cancer-related, um, and, and UW had shared that it's not COVID-related. So hopefully he's doing all right, um, and there's a chance he's there for the bowl game. But in in the meantime, it's been Garrett Groshek, former Wisconsin running back, um, helping them out. Um, I think that's a, a really cool opportunity for him to kind of get used to, to coaching, take on a role like that. And um, you look at, for the Badgers, they needed somebody to help them out, having a guy who – who knows that room? Knows a bunch of the guys and can and can give them an immediate jolt of of hey, I can be there. I, I know I saw a picture of him and his wife in front of the same tree as all the players were taking, and I was like, oh, he must be just like visiting the team. But then to see that he is in fact helping coach out was was important. Um, and then with John Chanel out, Ravi Nowakowski, who I know we both have been like pounding the table for and brought up that as a guy that hey, he could be a fullback later down not only because he's got the all-name team name, but um, also just he's got the size, he's got the athletic ability out of high school that I think that he's a guy who fits there. Uh, So that's kind of a little bit of the news for Wisconsin's end um, based off of this. I'm sure there's going to be more um, coming. I I know Jeff Patrikas had talked about that there was a bunch of players that uh, are not able to make the trip right now. A lot of the starters seem to be there um, based off of practice reports and whatnot. So I think Wisconsin's in an okay spot um based off of this. But, yeah, you definitely wish a guy like Chanel, um, you obviously wish you your running back coach was there. But um, all in all, it, it doesn't seem to be quite as glaring
1: as what Arizona State's dealing with. Yeah, yeah, I think Wisconsin's in an all right spot. Certainly you hope that no other issues pop up and arise, but we're still only here at, at Tuesday, and this contest doesn't kick off till Thursday evening. So it's certainly possible with the way things are kind of going right now, uh, but hopefully they can keep as clean a bill a bill of health as possible and get some of these guys in there and, and have, you know, you're not going to be a full strength. Nobody there is during this bowl season with everything that's going on, uh, but hopefully Wisconsin can kind of weather that storm and make sure to have, as many guys out there and able to go as possible. As for Arizona State, as you mentioned, down a quite a significant group in terms of not only uh, there's some reserves that will be out, but also big-name type players for them. Their leading rusher, Rashad White, has decided that he's going to go ahead and get ready for the NFL draft. Backup running back Diamante Trayman, Um, he actually just was in the transfer portal, I believe, late last night, announced that he was going to be attending Ohio State. Um, So he's found a new home but will not be participating in this bowl game, according to some reports. I know uh, head coach Term Edwards did mention that he was kind of waiting to make sure, but I can't imagine a guy that's announced his new new home in the transfer portal is going to be (laughs) taking the field uh, for a bowl game. But we've seen crazier things. Starting center Donovan West uh, also was out. He is due to an injury. And then big blows on the defensive side of the ball for Arizona State as well. They're starting cornerback Chase Lucas, starting cornerback Jack Jones, and second leading tacker Darian Butler, um, all out with this game getting ready for the NFL draft. So it's not like these are just, you know, you know, backup guys or guys that, you know, maybe get rotated in there. When you talk about it, you've got your, your two top rushers, um, you know, one to the portal and then one to the NFL draft, your starting center and then your two starting quarters and your second leading tackler on the defense. Those are some huge, significant blows, NFL-type talent that will not be involved in this game. So you, you certainly want to take on a team in a game like this at full strength, but guess like we said, that just doesn't happen in today's age with these bowl games. So hopefully um, Wisconsin can, you know, they, they, they're going to play whoever they're going to play, whoever's going to be out there. But these are significant names that uh, will not be participating for the Sun Devils, which uh, can only help uh, Wisconsin hopefully move the ball and uh, and, and stand things up defensively.
2: Yeah, you look at it, Arizona; those those guys who aren't there outside of train, um, everybody else is an NFL guy. Like they're all guys looking towards the NFL here. Um, and, and I know their center is out with injury, but he's an NFL guy. Like he is there was their best offensive lineman or one of their best offensive linemen and, and highly regarded um in NFL circles. So I think when you look at this, Wisconsin obviously dealing with two of your starting linemen. Their potential that they're back for the game, but I would, at this point, I would guess that they're not, right? Like, I just think that you go into it thinking you're not. So, down two offensive linemen and your starting fullback is not great. Um, but when you compare that to some of the stuff that Arizona State is going through, I, I think you're, you're probably leaning towards, um, at least in terms of the status
1: report, Wisconsin has a, a little bit better prognosis right now. Absolutely, and then we'll certainly, as we see, you know, some of these names uh, possibly pop up, and, and hopefully everyone can get a clean bill of health, and this will be most of the opt-outs, but these were significant names we felt we had to touch on before getting into this game overall. All right, so to kind of start this conversation off with the with the bowl game overall, what are your just kind of general feelings about this game? I know both teams come in eight and four, uh, kind of down years for both programs, hoping to have a little bit more, so what are your feelings overall of this contest? Yeah, I mean, you look at it, 90% of bowl games is who
2: wants it more Um, because most of the time both teams who are in this game are quality teams. Like there's usually, and especially in this matchup, it's not like one of these teams is way drastically better than the other, Um, but it it oftentimes comes down to motivation. Um, I think Wisconsin's in a good spot here. Uh, We talked about those some of those injuries, some of the COVID-related stuff. I'm interested to see what Wisconsin does. Um, to at tight end just when you look at the number of injuries that they have Jack Eschenbach also not able to go I, I think last I looked based off of scholarship numbers you're you're looking at you have Jalen Franklin's there um, and Jake Ferguson maybe a guy like Jack too made the trip I'm not sure but he would be a guy that could also help them out but he's a true freshman so you're looking at a really tight group there you've got a backup fullback so can Wisconsin do enough blocking up front when you've got offensive line down um, you've got tight ends down I think that's going to be something that I'm going to be interested to watch is kind of how the blocking looks up front Braylon Allen's supposed to be healthy now which is I think very important but motivation factor Wisconsin's done a great job Paul Christ is really good at bowl games um, he always seems to have his team ready to roll. Uh, he's only lost one bowl game. Now, granted, that was the biggest bowl game that they played in, the Rose Bowl against Oregon, by one point. But every other bowl game with with the Badgers, he's had them ready to roll and, and had them winning. So I think that Wisconsin's going to be in a good spot here. But Wisconsin needs to make sure that they kind of contain what Arizona can State can do offensively um, and are able to get the ground game going. Because we've seen that when Wisconsin can run the ball, they're pretty successful. When they can't, it's, it's a crap shoot.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Motivation is a huge part of this game. And, and seeing, you, know, you, you have to hope and, and pray that Wisconsin's motivation is still very much there. I mean, you look at, like you mentioned, the track record of bowl games would say, despite you know, other teams dealing with opt-outs, it seems like Wisconsin is still very much bought into this contest, wants to finish on a high note. And Paul Chris, in terms of track record, has done a good job of that. Uh, Arizona State, you know, we've talked about all the departures and in guys that won't be there. You wonder, I still think they're still very motivated for this game. Will that impact them in, in any way is, is certainly something to keep an eye on. But like you mentioned, these teams are very evenly matched. I think these teams can, can really make things difficult for each other. I think when you talk about Wisconsin's run game, that's going to be going up against what statistically all season has been a very talented run defense and, and they've got a good secondary. So can Graham merch kind of find things and make things work uh, against them, even, you know, with them down two corners, you know, it's not like you're going to go out and start picking on these young corners and throwing the ball all over the place, but you're going to have to find some balance offensively and then defensively, you know, what does Arizona state do to you know, move the ball against this Wisconsin defense with, you know, down their their top two running backs. Do you have it more in Jaden Daniels' hands, do you try to use his feet more? We've seen Wisconsin struggle a little bit with mobile quarterbacks. He's he's one of the the best in the country in terms of making plays with his feet. And we saw, you know, a guy like Adrian Martinez of Nebraska really give Wisconsin fits in that regard. So, I think this game is is really interesting from those matchups and and, and should be a lot of fun um, to kind of watch the back and forth between both sides of the football. All right, do you want to start with, we can kind of talk about Wisconsin's offense. You know, we've got the, the Badger offense, last time we saw them, uh, of course, a, a miserable contest against Minnesota. Run game really wasn't working. Everything was kind of put on, on the pass game, and, and that's never a good sign for Wisconsin. So what does the Badgers need to do, despite being down some guys, likely you know in the blocking schemes, offensive line, tight end room, what do they need to do offensively to, to move the football and put up points against Arizona State here? And schedule, that's the, the biggest thing for this team. It has been all year long. Um
2: But I think for me, when you look at it, I want to see them not only establish a run, but stick with it. Um, we've seen at, at times this year, I, I think back to that Minnesota game, which still haunts my damn nightmares, um, yeah. that they went away from the run altogether. And I know they weren't having, you know, great success, but neither was Minnesota, and Minnesota stuck with the run. So I think that's something that I would think, Wisconsin needs to be able to continue to run the ball, understand that, hey, let's try to stay ahead of the chains. Let's not try to um, put it all on Graham Mertz because that's not um, their game. Wisconsin is 118th in passing offense for a reason. They're 13th in the Big Ten. Pass efficiency, 107. This is not a great passing offense. It comes down to a lot of different factors, um, and so Wisconsin needs to be better in that regard. But a lot of that is going to have to come from, can Brejo Allen go out there and, and put on his Superman cape again and, and run through brick walls? Because we've seen him go through and, and break a ton of tackles and break off some chunk plays. We, Their Badgers are going to need that in, in this game. I think that that was an element to this offense that they need because the passing game is not overly explosive. I don't think all of a sudden we're going to see a new team that's going to be airing the ball out. So Wisconsin needs to run the ball. That's their bread and butter. they got to be stay ahead of schedule. Third down, has, we've talked a lot about third down efficiency this year, um, and that's something that they just haven't been good at. But hopefully they can run the ball and and get this team going and maybe pop a couple plays
1: um, using Braylon Allen. Yeah, I think that's going to be the huge factor. And, and like you mentioned, it really is. Every time Wisconsin takes the field, they need to make sure that um, they're running the ball consistently and really staying ahead of schedule, staying in front of the chain. So when you do have to throw, you're not in these long, you know, third and, and, you know, a long down and distance, third and 10, third and 11, staying ahead and trying to be, you know, in third and four, third and five situations to pick these up or avoid, <laughs> avoiding getting the third down altogether is, is always a good sign. So I'm interested to see, you know, how the run game comes out with some of those, you know, names that aren't going to be in there. Will they still have success? And what do they do if they do have success? How can they kind of play the pass game off of it? Because we, you mentioned it, this this pass offense isn't anything great. It's it's struggled all year long. But when it has had success, it's come off of throwing the ball after successfully running it you know, working on that play action, kind of keeping defenses off balance and, and staying ahead of the change. So I'm interested to see that. I'm also interested to see – are there going to be any new wrinkles put into this offense a little bit now that you've had a couple of weeks to prep it? You got, you know, grand merch in the offense. Everyone can kind of get a little bit more time to learn and put in some new concepts. So, will we see a little a little bit of a change up? I'm not going to sit here and say that we're going to see, you know, an entirely new offense, but maybe some new wrinkles worked in to help them hit some big plays if the run game is struggling, you know, maybe you figure out, you know, some sort of uh, trick plays, reverses, something like that that you can work in there to to give you that big pop that you might need when the run game may be struggling. Because this Arizona State defense, you know, statistically, numbers-wise, I know they've got guys out, but they've been a really solid unit all year long, so it's going to be a really good test for the Badgers up front and, and offensively.
2: Yeah, like kind of talking about some added wrinkles, I'm interested to see if they have, bring in an extra offensive lineman. Who is it? Because like, they've yeah. got a lot of young – bodies, some guys that can help you out, and athletic players um, that are freshmen, redshirt freshmen, um, that I know that they're high on. Maybe they want to get them into this game in some capacity because Cormac Sampson was your blocking tight end for large chunk of the year. Where do they go to, in, to fill that? Is the guy like maybe Rucci get get a chance there or Malman? Um, so I think those are kind of some, something that I'd like to see, um, especially when you look at they're, they're short on tight ends they they have a backup fullback who's who who has never played the position. Um he came in as a linebacker. So I think that those are gonna be things that I what does Wisconsin do to try to make up for that? And then how does Wisconsin handle up front? Defensive line wise, Arizona State has a really deep and experienced group. Um DJ Davison, um, he he doesn't have a lot of sacks, but the dude's huge. Six five, 325 in the middle for them. Um, And he's got 57 tackles. He's third on the team in tackles. So that tells you just how um, active he is inside. Um, And so I think looking at that with Wisconsin – with a, a backup center potentially in this game, how does a guy like Cormac Sampson go up against a guy like Davison, who who has been around the ball all year long? So I think that's a, a kind of a matchup to watch out for, just based off of the fact that Davison is a very talented player and Wisconsin is short on some bodies up front.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, a great point to look out for. There's going to be a lot of a lot of interesting matchups in this game, which I think you know, when you get into bowl season, you get two teams. Even record-wise, you're always going to have, you know, across the board some really good matchups to watch for. All right, defensively now, Wisconsin comes in, of course, a, a very strong defense as a whole. Been great against the run all year. Of course, Arizona State's kind of their bread and butter and successes came keeping the ball on the ground. But as we mentioned at the top of this conversation, down their top two running backs going to be leaning more on um, the, a third stringer, probably leaning a little bit more on, you know, Jaden Daniels using his feet. Making plays in the past game. He's kind of been a player that had a really solid early part of his career, but has certainly regressed this year. Just 10 interceptions, uh, and, or excuse me, 10 touchdowns to nine interceptions. So not been a pretty year for him in terms of throwing the ball, but he has made the, made some really good plays with his feet, which will be a good test for the batter, 670 rushing yards on the season. So how do you expect Arizona State to kind of come out and look to move the ball? And how do you expect Wisconsin to try and, uh, slow down the sun Devils?
2: I think you, you look at this and they, they have really leaned on Jaden Daniels when they haven't been able to run the ball. They have a similar plan to Wisconsin. They want to run the ball. Um, I'm interested to see what their, their running back situation looks like with without their top two ball carriers. Um, where do they go? Um, you know, Rashad White was a really good running back for them all year long. Um, and, and train them. was was solid as well. But based off that Daniel Nagata, um, he's a smaller back, only 5'9", 200 pounds. He did manage 6.4 yards per carry in three touchdowns and only 45 carries. So he's a talented player, a redshirt freshman for them. But how much do they lean on him to run the ball, or do they just put it in Jaden Daniels' hand? Um, He's a true dual threat guy. Um, Came in expected to be one of the top five um, quarterbacks this year uh, according to Mel Kuyper's big board he was number four for them hasn't lived up to expectations this year did a little bit better in in terms of percentage uh, but his yards per attempt went down um, and his touchdown to interception ratio was not nearly as good um but he's still he's still one of the better quarterbacks in the Pac-12, and he might be the best quarterback the Badgers have faced all year. Um, when you look at it, so I know that 10 touchdowns, nine interceptions doesn't look good. But as a true freshman, he threw 17 touchdowns and two interceptions. Like this is, and then just last year in that shortened COVID, five touchdowns, one interception in in just a couple games. So he is talented. He can run the ball, like you mentioned. So how Wisconsin is able to get to him? knock him off of his spot and put some pressure on him, I think is going to be very important because we've seen he he is willing to make mistakes at times, nine interceptions, but Wisconsin needs to be able to force that issue with him because I do think they're going to try to move him around similar to what we saw from Adrian Martinez um, to try to use their offensive line and to try to slow down Wisconsin's pass rush so that they have the time to get it to
1: their weapons outside. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be – that matchup is really going to be the fun one to watch, you know, Jaden Daniels against this defense as I mentioned. The mobility is certainly there. Likely, yeah, probably the best quarterback that, the, that Wisconsin has faced. And when he's playing the way that you've seen his game can, you know, play, he's certainly a really good test for the Badgers. So I think that matchup is going to be fascinating. How he plays without that running game is, is going to – is there going to be almost too much on his shoulders? We'll have to wait and see. But, again, this comes back to the – Big matchups back and forth that should be a lot of a lot of fun to watch. I know Arizona State in terms of the receiving department in the past, past few years just had some more talented um, receivers, and that's kind of been part of the offensive issues as well when they're throwing the ball. Is that Jane Daniels hasn't had those guys, but as you mentioned, still a very talented player has has had a couple weeks to prep for this game. So this will be a a guy that's going to come out and, and look to you know, provide a spark for this Arizona State offense that's going to be a little bit shorthanded. So that matchup back and forth should be a ton of fun to watch.
2: Yeah, like they don't have Brandon Ayuk, or like they did in 2019 when Jane Daniels was throwing it all over the yard. But I will say they, they've got a couple wide receivers to look out for, but their tight end, Wisconsin has been burnt the last two weeks. I know it's not actually two weeks, but the last two games, Nebraska and Minnesota, their tight ends have just made a living on Wisconsin. So Wisconsin coming into this game with a backup safety, Um, And John Torchio taking over for Colin Wilder, who another starter who's down for the Badgers because he's hurt. Um, Curtis Hodges, 6'8", receiving threat. He he only had 20 receptions this year, but he's averaging over 18 yards per reception. And he is a mismatch problem. He is very talented. He can run well for his size. So how Wisconsin um, kind of stifles him is going to be very important because Wisconsin needs to figure out some of that play action against tight ends has killed them the last two weeks. And he's a big play threat for them, even though he's, he's a big burly guy. But at the same time, Wisconsin needs to know where he is. Um, and I, I give, that gives a guy like John Torchio, who's very good at making plays and causing turnovers, a chance to make a play. But it also puts Wisconsin in a tough situation because we've seen both him and Nelson bite on some plays before where they allow the defense to get over the top or allow them to make a big play. They can't allow that to happen against Arizona State. You want to make them try to run the ball and go the full 75 yards if you're able to start them off at the 25.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Make them drive the football and try to prevent uh, big plays. It's going to be something that will be very important to watch for with this Wisconsin defense. All right, guys, up next we'll get into our key matchup for this game. Before we do that, I want to talk to you guys about homefieldapparel.com because they've got big news coming out here soon and that's big news Saturday season three Uh, of course if you've started listening to the podcast you've heard us mention big news Saturday season two which finished up a few months ago and season three will be launching on January 22nd it is a basketball themed subscription so if you guys aren't familiar with it you sign up and each week you know Homefield puts out a new school and they will have uh, you will be part of a discounted t-shirt and you'll get one that they pick out each week that you'll be sent to you so the first Uh, launch is January 22nd this group of schools is basketball themed so it might be uh, some schools that specifically have basketball programs or have programs that are more known uh, for basketball than uh, their football schools so make sure to sign up if you're looking for other things on the website they did also recently get their gray hoodies back which is a very popular seller for them I know I think I have four or five of them one for each day of the week and those are now in stock so if you've been looking at home field apparel at all uh, make sure to go and check those out. Those are back in stock, but they will likely go fast as they're incredibly comfortable and they've been out for a while. So once again, guys, make sure to check it out, homefieldapparel.com. All right, we'll go ahead and dive into our key matchup for this contest now. There's, as we mentioned, there's so many ones that you could probably pick. You know, Graham merch against the Arizona State secondary, Jaden Daniels against this defense, the offensive lines, you know, going up against, um, you know, the other respective defensive lines. So, Overall, what are you looking for as a key matchup in this contest?
2: Raylon Allen versus the front seven of Arizona State. I I just think when you look at this, I trust Wisconsin's defense to be able to do enough to give them a chance to win this game, regardless of how well Jaden Daniels plays. I think Wisconsin has the talent on the defensive end to be there. As long as we continue to see Leo Chenal on that field, Jack Sanborn on that field, Keanu Benton on that field, I think Wisconsin has a good shot defensively to to kind of hold down Jaden Daniels and what Arizona State wants to do. Offensively, has been Wisconsin's issue throughout the year. We haven't seen enough points at times um, to win games when you're going up against a really good team. Wisconsin was able to run through a bunch of teams that weren't quite as talented. You're going up against a team that's probably right on par with you, or at the very least, it's a very minimal margin between the two teams. So how does a healthy Braylon Allen look against their lit linebackers like Kyle Sowell and um, uh, Merlin Robertson, both players that can make plays, Merlin Robertson has three interceptions, um but he also is is third on the team in tackles um You have d j Davison tied with Merlin Robertson at tackles um and I' already bro- broached the subject of how big he is and how active he is inside as a defensive tackle so wisconsin and and how they feed Braylon Allen is going to be important. They need to be able to get some movement along the line, which which you can easily say that this offensive line versus the front seven. But I think it's Braylon Allen. Um, we've seen that most of Wisconsin's production in the running game has come off of broken tackles. And so Braylon Allen, when you're down possibly a couple offensive linemen, it leads to that there's probably going to be more on his plate that he's going to have to make a couple guys miss and, and make some lemonade. I think he's got the talent. Obviously, we've seen that, but can he do this in a a big game um, against a quality opponent? It's going to be
1: fun to watch, and so I'm going to go with Braylon Allen versus the front seven of ASU. Yeah, I think that's where you have to look at and say, you know, this is where everything starts. If Wisconsin doesn't get Braylon Allen going against that front seven, they're going to be in struggle, Um, you know, struggle mode. We've seen it the last time out when the running game wasn't there; it got pretty ugly pretty fast. So I, I think that's a very key matchup. I'm also interested to see. Kind of going off of that, if they have success in the run game, can Graham Mertz hit some passes against the secondary that might be a little inexperienced compared to, you know, not having those two starting corners or two top guys there. Wisconsin isn't gonna, like I mentioned earlier, not gonna come out and they're not gonna sling it around. It's not like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, where if you're down two corners, he's just gonna pick on the new guy all day long. But Ken Wisconsin hit some plays, you know, catch some guys off their off balance. Um, maybe peeking into the backfield if Braylon Allen is having success and hitting some plays down the field um, for chunk yardage that way. So I think those two matches kind of go hand in hand, but really it's going to be that that chess match and that game of can Wisconsin find success? If things get hampered, what do they do after that? Um, and can they move the football against this Arizona State defense? That, again, has, has been pretty solid in other down players. But uh, they've been a good group all season long. So I think that a whole matchup as a whole. you, you got to feel good about Wisconsin's defense, especially when Arizona State's a bit shorthanded on the offense and the, the fact that the Badgers have had success all year long. But can the Badger offense do enough to move the football consistently, take time off the clock, and put points on the board is really going to be the matchup that I think everybody will be talking about.
2: Yeah, and anytime it comes to bowl games, turnovers are incredibly important. Special teams and turnovers, areas that Wisconsin hasn't been great at. But you look at it, turnover margin-wise, these two teams are mirror images. They're both tied for 61st in the country at just plus 0.08. So they just have one extra turnover um, over their, uh, what they gave away. So this isn't like a game where you look at it and think, oh, my gosh, this is, you're going up against Iowa, who's had a propensity to create turnovers all year long. These are two teams that, that don't turn the ball over a lot. Wisconsin has an advantage in, in getting to the quarterback, which I, hopefully they can continue to do that. But you look at this, um, the return game is another area. Um, Arizona State, 17th in the country in, in punt return compared to Wisconsin. We know that they haven't done much of anything there. So, how do special teams and turnovers just, how do those swing a game? We saw the bowl game last year. Wisconsin came out a little sluggish. Wake Forest punched him in the mouth. Wisconsin then had some, some huge turnovers to swing that game in their favor. Can they do that again? They have special teams swing the game in their favor as well when Devin Chandler had um, a couple of nice kickoff returns. can they? Do we see that? So Wisconsin's special teams and turnovers, in addition to um, kind of those other matchups we talked about, those are ever-present things that Wisconsin is always going to have to to look at because uh, just Wisconsin plays a, a brand of
1: football that, that makes it so that the margin is razor thin. Yeah, I think that's a great point, you know, playing clean in this game is is going to be important. The other thing that I would want to mention is penalties. If you look at Arizona State, uh, 128th in the country in penalty yards per game, it's been a very undisciplined season for them. They've had a lot of big flags. If you think back, if you watch any Arizona State games they've had some flags that have really cost them big. Um I think too, I think it was week 3 or 4 against BYU, they had 16 penalties and really cost them um, the game in that contest so Wisconsin been you know kind of actually down in the penalty department but still pretty good ranking overall I believe they're 39th but that's something that you know if Arizona State um, comes out and plays that way and isn't playing clean and Wisconsin is able to in the turnover department in special teams and not picking up silly penalties that could be a huge boost for them as well so playing a clean game is always important but especially important in a bowl game all right kind of round things out, we'll do our player that we're talking about, then we'll get into a score prediction. So who do you think we'll be talking about that had a, a good game on a Friday morning? I think Braylon Allen's the easy answer, but offensively, I'm going to go with Chimre
2: Dike. You look at it, um, there's been a lot of talk about he's going to be the guy next year at wide receiver. I know we touched, touched on it last episode when we talked about Wisconsin possibly being active in the wide receiver transfer portal. But Chimre Dike is, is a guy that can help them out in a lot of ways. Can he make a big play and help this team out? Can Graham Mertz connect with him? I think he's a guy that if they give him a shot, he's, he can make a big play and help, help them out big time. Uh, defensively though, um, I'm going to go with Isaiah Mullins. I think he's a guy that's going to have a, a nice game. He, he's done a lot of good things this year. Um, maybe he gets a sack and, and, um, or maybe a strip sack makes a big play along the defensive line and gets in the backfield. So I'm going to go with those two, um, just to kind of go off the
1: grid from, the normal uh, standard Braylon Allen or Graham Mertz. Yeah, I like that answer. Yeah, Allen is certainly the easy answer. I think the other one that, that's easy is, is one of the inside linebackers, Chennault and, and Sanborn. They're going to have certainly matchups where they've got to focus in on Jaden Daniels you know, and his mobility. So if they do a good job in that, I think they could going to have a huge game. Uh, the other name that I'll throw out there, John Torgio. I, I think with Colin Wilder out, you're going to see him get a little bit more opportunities. You have seen that he's just a guy in practice, in games, comes out and is, is in the right spot at the right times. So you talk about turnovers and playing clean. Maybe he's a guy who ends up with a, a fumble recovery or an interception, something like that, to give the Badgers a spark when they need it or when Arizona State's driving. I think sometimes he's just he's just a guy that he's always around the football and, and is in the right place at the right time, and good things happen to a player like that when it happens. And with him going to be on the field, quite a bit more with no Colin Wilder in this game. I think it's a place where maybe he makes a splash play for this defense when they really need it.
2: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if Hunter Wooler gets some, yeah. some time as well. Just, I think he's a guy that they're going to want to start next year um, with, with Scott Nelson also gone. So does Heath get some reps back there? I think is also going to be a fun, just anytime with the young guys, that they get out there. That's why I was saying that back, that extra tight end, um, you know, you look at a guy like Hunter Wollard. does he get some time? I think those are all fascinating things when it comes to a bowl game because you've had all these bowl practices, Marcus Allen, another one,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, you've had all these bowl practices to get you to this point. Those extra practices can be huge for young players and maybe they want to audition some of
1: these guys and give them some extra snaps um, that are more meaningful going into next year. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It's always fun to see some other guys get worked in and hopefully give them a boost uh, to start next year and kind of get some of that uh, nerves if you're getting into work your first career game. Uh, hopefully you can get that kind of out of the way before next year. All right, that brings us to the end of this bowl preview. Matt, why don't you go ahead and give the listeners a score prediction to round out our portion of the show.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think this game can go either way. Like I mentioned, it's all about motivation. But when I look at it, I've seen, we've seen that Wisconsin has been really good in bowls. So I'm going to lean on Paul Chris, um, to, to go ahead and and win another one. Um, I'm, I'm going to say that Wisconsin wins it something like, um, I'm thinking back to even that cotton bowl in 2017, maybe like 24-16, 24-17, something like that, where it's close, um, down to the end. But I, I do think that Wisconsin (laughs) will, I'll, I'll, Braylon Allen will bust a big run to to help give them this game, and so I'm going to go with a low scoring game, but that
1: Wisconsin um, finds a way to win um, and uh, takes care of business. Yeah, I think we're on the, the exact same wavelength because I was thinking 23 to 17, so you're kind of that you know under you know right very close in terms of the spread at six and six and a half, but I do think the Badgers coming into this game are a team that. Is very motivated to finish the season on a high note in Arizona State. Certainly is that, but as you'll hear in our conversation with Jack Johnson here in just a minute, there's been a lot of outside factors with this team as well. The other thing I look at with Arizona State, I do think they're a very talented football team, but when you look at some of their wins this season, um, the combined record for the teams that they beat 27 and 68. They've got three wins against Arizona, was is 1 and 11, Southern Utah, 1 and 10, uh, UNLV, 2 and 10. So I do think this team is is very talented, but maybe have some inflated numbers, and I think Wisconsin can come out with the motivation, with uh, a little bit healthier and more present roster than what the the opponent has. I think they can take care of business here and finish off a season and hopefully send them into next year on a high note. So I do like the Badgers kind of on a similar wavelength as that.
2: Yeah, I I think one thing that would be great is Wisconsin we saw in 2019 Paul Chris. He just seems like every game he wanted the ball to start. I think this is a game where you want the ball to start. Try to go down and and uh, score early because I don't think you want to be playing from behind at all in this game. Um, if you're able to get an early touchdown and rely on your defense, I think that can go a long way in a bowl game. So I, I think grabbing momentum early is going to be important for the Badgers, and and hopefully they can do it um, and uh, go into the off season with a little bit of positive momentum to take away
1: a little bit of that bad taste from that damn Minnesota game (laughs) yes it'd be much better to end this season on a high note all right guys that wraps up our portion of the podcast so now we've got our interview with Jack Johnson of House of Sparky he dives into a little bit deeper on what's been going on in Arizona State the season overall and what to expect for this contest so stick with us through a couple more ad reads we'll be back with you shortly All right, Badger fans, we are now joined by Jack Johnson of House of Sparky, SB Nation's Arizona State website. If you're looking for any coverage on the Las Vegas Gold Bowl, make sure to go check those guys out. We've got a lot of great coverage coming out this week leading up to uh, December 30th when the Badgers and Sun Devils will square off at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Jack, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today?
0: Good, Tyler. Thanks for having me on.
1: Absolutely. I'm excited to talk about this game. And before we do that, though, I wanted to talk about the season as a whole, Cause I think Arizona State, similar to Wisconsin, came in with pretty high expectations for this year. I know Badger fans feel disappointed by the year eight and four. How do Arizona State feel, fans kind of feel about the 2021 season overall?
0: Yeah, it was interesting because uh, Wisconsin and Arizona State finished with the same record, eight and four. But obviously, given the trajectory of the programs last decade or so, eight and four is a lot more disappointing. Uh, realistically for the Badgers, I think it was very disappointing for Arizona State. Uh, but 8-4 and four is also one of their best finishes of the last eight years, which is supposed to indicate that the program is on an upward trajectory. I think a lot of the negativity from the fans, especially toward the end of the season, was kind of a a result of three factors that showed up during the season and before the season. The first, obviously, being the, the recruiting scandal, which I'm sure we'll touch on later. Uh, the second being that they had such a good opportunity to return so many players and so much talent and seemed to have a pretty good shot at a Pac-12 title. And last being that uh, their quarterback, Jayden Daniels, kind of regressed as the season went on. And so those reasons, 8-4, and four, Probably two wins short of where I think a lot of Sun Devil fans were hoping the team would end up.
1: Yeah, I would have to imagine similarly at Wisconsin. That 10-2 that and two spot would have felt a lot nicer than that 8-4 and four spot, but uh, that's, that's the way college football works sometimes. And I'm glad you brought up that recruiting scandal because I, I know there was so much that kind of went into it early in the season. And I just wanted to get your gauge on how much do you think that affected things in terms of the staff and the players on the field?
0: I think it affected them more than anyone inside the program let on. Um, And I think it was just kind of the nature of when the allegations kind of opened up in the media right in the middle of the summer and bonding – And you have to go back even further. first time everybody's kind of getting to know each other without the social distancing and and restrictions in place. Um, And then to be hit with that, that has to dominate most of your conversations that you're having as a team, as players, off the field for a week. It, It would be like you're in a class and all of a sudden your teacher doesn't show up, your professor doesn't show up to class, that's going to dominate your class discussion the entire day. Whether there's course material to be learned or not, it's always going to be in the back of your mind. Um, And then the other part is that uh, they suspended three coaches, three position coaches, uh, receivers coach, safeties coach. And so they had to replace these coaches that had either recruited or had coached all of these position groups up through most of the first half of the preseason and so that transition, whether it's the right guy coming in afterwards or not, is, uh, is always going to be a little bit bumpy. And, and then over, over the course of the season, I think that there was a lot of pressure to perform. And when they were winning and, and starting out well, um, you know, I think there wasn't as much talk about it. And then, obviously, they hit a, a skid losing to Washington State and Utah, um, especially Washington State coming out of a bye and I think that's when people started to realize that maybe it's affecting the team a little more than we initially thought. That's a great point and, and certainly important to note um, that the, a lot of that stuff can have
1: an impact on players throughout the season, but getting into the game, you know, I think the other big story is that Arizona state will be without some key players in this game. Could you give our listeners and Badger fans a rundown of who will be out for Arizona state and how maybe just the impact that some of those players bring?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as as you know, Tyler, it's always kind of hard to tell in this particular bowl season who will take the field until they kick off just because of everything going on outside of the uh, Las Vegas Bowl right now. But, I mean, the most important one you have to start with is Rashad White, uh, the running back who basically started the season along with uh, DeMonte, train him as – Kind of one A and one B, and, and then Rashad White pretty much took over that position. He had an unbelievable 200 yard plus, multi-touchdown performance against USC. He had a stretch coming in from last year that he carried over into this year of about eight or nine straight games with a touchdown, and uh, and he is out because he's opting out, obviously. He feels pretty comfortable about where his NFL draft stock uh, is at the moment. So he's sending out this game. Tyler Johnson, who's one of the best for players like Merlin Robertson and Darian Butler, two of the uh, three ASU linebackers who were a unit that was one of the most impressive actually intercepting opposing quarterbacks throughout the season. Their status is kind of up in the air. But ASU is really going to miss both – uh DeMonte Trainum and Rashad White, their running backs, especially, as I mentioned, as, as Jane Daniels kind of got taken out of the play calling more and more, and Arizona State became a 60% run team, a 70% run team, an 80% run team, Uh it was basically Rashad White or bust. I mean, that, that Washington win late in the season was impossible, if not for Rashad White's performance in that game, so to miss him is going to, to be huge. They're going to have to rely on Daniel Ngata, who's their third-string running back. Um, actually, the higher recruited of the three, he just hasn't materialized yet with his talent. And uh, and so, yeah, the the running backs being out will kind of transition into we're going to have to see a lot more of Jaden Daniels in this game.
1: Well, I think that segues very nicely to our next question. You, you mentioned it a little bit at the top. You know, he had... Um, an early part of his career that seemed to be he was growing into a very dynamic player. And he mentioned kind of digressed a little bit this year and regressed from where he was early in his career. What do you think has been kind of the change for him or has it just been, you know, just a, a struggle of the season overall?
0: Well, I, uh, I think there's so many ways you could come at the, the Daniels thing um, for me. I just don't know if his development has been there to the level that people thought. I I think everybody's kind of imagining this big fall off for Jaden Daniels. Um, I think he played one of the more exceptional primetime games uh, in the Pac-12 conference over the last five or six years Um, uh, against Oregon, against Justin Herbert. And that game looks just exponentially better. The further Herbert takes his career in the National Football League, to, to say you out-dueled Justin Herbert is something you can always have under your belt. And Jaden Daniels did that night. He outplayed him, and he outclassed him for four quarters, threw for over 400 yards. I think it was something like four touchdowns. Um, Obviously, it was the game that knocked Oregon out of the uh, college football playoff discussion, and then, and as you know, knocked them into uh, the Rose Bowl game where they ended up playing playing your Badgers. So, I mean, that was, that was a big game, but outside of that, he was never that quarterback, and, and a lot of it, uh, in Jay and Daniel's first year in 2019, the thought was, oh, well, they're not letting him uh, throw the ball around that much. You know, they they still got the governor on the motor. And then last year there was only four games and, you know, brand new receiving course. Where everybody kind of said, okay, you know, let's let's see his junior year, where he could be a Heisman dark horse. Uh, he was fourth on Mel Kuyper's draft board. And all of a sudden he was just missing throws that I don't think he's missed since high school. Um, And a lot of it has to do, I don't know how much confidence he had in his new receiving core. Uh, I mean, that's the nature of the college football game. But, you know, the guys like Brandon Ayuk are no longer there. Um, And so he had to develop a new number one receiver. Um, But yeah, just throws that you would think he would be making at this stage of his collegiate career, especially coming off that Oregon game. Um, He just seemed to lose a little bit of confidence. And And I think that's why he's staying for his senior year. Um, You know, he's still got a lot of potential, and he hasn't realized it yet. And this had to be the the Jaden Daniels year if they were going to end up in Pasadena. I mean, I, I know Wisconsin fans completely understand it from the Graham Mertz situation. You know, there's another highly recruited, highly touted, promising quarterback that really hasn't materialized yet. But, you know... With both quarterbacks, there's still a potential for improvement and growth uh, in the years uh, or year to come, and, and that's what both fan bases are hoping for. Absolutely. That's a huge hope for a lot of Badger fans out there. Another thing that I want to talk about,
1: uh, one thing I noticed at Arizona State, and I know there's a few games that probably in particular stand out, but towards the top in terms of penalties and penalty yards, how big of an impact has that been on the season? I remember back to that early season BYU game, it seemed like there was a flag on every few plays. How big of an impact has that been? And, and what's kind of been um, the reasoning behind some of those somewhat mental mistakes?
0: Yeah, I think there's two reasons. I think the first, and, and we touched on this earlier, is, is I think that's kind of a symptom of the recruiting scandal and the coaching turnover. Um, and when you have different coaches with different messages, maybe that has to do with, uh, with some of the pre-snap penalties. I mean, They're near the top in penalties, but uh, they have to be top five or top ten in pre-snap penalties. Uh, Like like you mentioned, that BYU game, I mean, on a drive where they could have driven down the field, they were backed up in their own uh, 20-yard line, own 10-yard line, and uh, to get four false start penalties on a single drive, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. And then to repeat that feat later in the season on the road, at Oregon State was was even more demoralizing and remarkable at the same time. Uh, so I think part of it's the coaching staff. I think the other part of it is, um, you know, Arizona State, when they hired Herm Edwards, uh, Ray Anderson, the athletic director, talked about this, this pro model where they were going to kind of treat players like pro athletes and give them a little bit more flexibility. And uh, I just think that's not really um, – the way things have to work in a successful Division One program, I think it's kind of evidenced by the way that uh, coaches like Nick Saban um, treat their players. Uh, I mean, most teams in the Big Ten uh, have very, you know, strict rules. And I mean, as we saw with kind of the collapse of Urban Meyer and his tenure in, in Jacksonville, I think it was a pretty good portal into the way that college coaches. Uh, manage their players, not not in the abusive way that that Urban Meyer is, but but the way that they are hands on in every aspect of their lives. And, and I think a lot of college players actually need that structure to be successful when they're 18 and 19 years old. Uh, and I don't know if Arizona State has that um, to that level. And and that's why you know midway through the season, a lot of the stuff was coming out about you know are they quitting on the coach? Are they this? Are they that? I think that you just can't give people that much leeway because, you know, it's like college. I mean, nobody's going to be calling your house when you miss class. Um, And so, you know, there has to be a little bit more, I guess, uh, oversight on the players. And, and, you know, I think we saw with Michigan this year that that there's possibility for coaches to have disappointing tenures and go back and do self-reflection and come out with a different philosophy and have it work. Um, and so maybe Arizona State with some new coaches and, and a different philosophy, they'll still be under Herm Edwards and Ray Anderson, but if they change that philosophy, they could get to where they want to go. And
1: you know, we've talked a lot about the Arizona State defense with you know the running backs being out, Jaden Daniels. Let's switch gears to defense a little bit here. We've talked about some of the guys that are gonna be out, but overall, you know, I know that it's hard to consider when they're gonna be out, but what do you feel has been kind of the strengths of that unit uh, throughout the season? Because statistically and numbers wise, they're towards the top in a lot of different categories.
0: Yeah, I, I think that they uh, they have been so strong on that side of the ball, and I think it comes it comes down to um, they have players that have been in the program and the system for long enough um, that understand the schemes, that understand their opponents. Um, they're very good at getting after the quarterback, and, and like I said, their linebackers in coverage are playing like uh, like Jamal Adams I mean, quasi safeties here. So, um, and, and then their safeties, their cornerbacks are all very experienced. I mean, there really wasn't a, a more experienced secondary uh, outside of like maybe a few other teams. Across the country than than Arizona State. And so I think experience, uh, understanding of kind of the way things operate, uh, you know, kind of they were the opposite of the offense, which was kind of new guys and everybody's trying to figure each other out, feel each other out, and understand mannerisms and and play style and this and that. I don't think the defense really had to go through all those growing pains. And and they reflected, I mean, outside of a couple bad quarters against Washington State. And um, uh, Utah, they they were pretty much lights out the whole season. All right,
1: to round things out for this kind of bowl game discussion, let's just kind of talk about what do you feel from the Arizona State perspective is kind of the key matchup that you'll have your eye on, and uh, give us maybe a score prediction that you feel might happen uh, for Thursday's contest.
0: Well, I think that uh, I think that Arizona State's just kind of got to go after the same. PJ Fleck strategy that he used against uh, Wisconsin, which was you know make number five beat them because uh, Graham Mertz with the ball in his hands, I think people feel a little bit more comfortable at, at this stage. I mean everybody knows he he can torch opposing defenses. He's always had that talent. Uh, he played I mean the game against I think it was Illinois or Indiana last year was one of the best games I've seen from a collegiate quarterback in quite a while, um, but that plays to the strengths of Arizona State. I mean, they have good cornerbacks. They have good safeties. They cover well underneath, uh, and they can potentially get after the quarterback and have a few coverage sacks, uh, and so kind of Graham Mertz versus Arizona State, secondary, and to an extent the linebackers, that's what I'll be looking for. Um and, and then on the other side, I mean, how does Jane Daniels approach the Wisconsin defense that, that got going over the course of the season? Obviously, was in contention against Penn State, uh, had played a great game to that point, had played a pretty good game for three quarters against Notre Dame, uh played a great first half against Michigan, um, was holding Minnesota to six points at the half. I mean, so in all in all their losses, Wisconsin's defense um, for the most part, had, had shown flashes of being kind of the Wisconsin defense bold, And so, I mean, how does Jane Daniels approach that? Because he's probably going to have to throw a little bit more in this game. So I, I really think that this matchup to me comes down to, you know, both quarterbacks against uh, their opposing secondaries. But I think to sell the game, really honestly, is, is Daniels versus Mertz, two guys who – you know, we're supposed to elevate their their programs. I mean, Wisconsin's never had a quarterback like Mertz uh, on a recruiting level, and neither is Arizona State with Jaden Daniels. So, I mean, can either of these guys kind of kickstart themselves into next year um, and get things going in the right direction and reach their potential, which is sky high for both quarterbacks?
1: I think that will be a a phenomenal matchup to watch and a great great silver lining if you're looking for a game to kind of boost you into hopefully a little bit better seasons for these respective programs next year. All right, Jack, thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the Las Vegas Bowl. And,
0: uh, yeah, we really appreciate uh, you stopping in and talking some Sun Devil football. Of course. I forgot to give you my prediction, so I'll go. Oh, sure, yeah, go for it. 23-10, Wisconsin. All right. Well, Badger fans, you'll like to hear that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice
1: prediction for sure, but should be a, a fun and, and very interesting game. A lot of dynamics at work that uh, both these programs will have an eye on. All right, Badger fans, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. As always, thank you for listening. We'll be back with you to recap this game Friday morning on Wisconsin. <laughs>